Welcome to Warrensville Reaching New Heights. I'm June Scharf, and my guest today is Virgil Whitmore III, part of the Whitmore family, who owns the oldest African-American business in America. Virgil shares the incredible family story, which started with his grandfather, who came from Mount Pleasant, Texas, and eventually set down some roots in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood in Cleveland. That sort of mirroring of locations is sort of is a funny thing because Virgil himself is what he calls a mirror twin. So what's on his left side is is on his twin brother's right side. He'll explain the details. But in the meantime, this is a business that's been around in Cleveland since 1942. They've had multiple locations over the years, and we are very excited to have them in Warrensville Heights. So please enjoy this conversation with Virgil Whitmore III. Virgil Whitmore, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. I am extremely excited to have you here because you have already told me you've got stories. So okay. we're just going to start tapping right into them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can do it. I, I, you know where I want to start? Where? I don't even know if this is the most important thing. It's probably not. But you were just telling me how you have a mirror twin brother, yeah. Vance. Yes. So that means everything you were telling me you do on the one side, he does on the other. So you're yeah. left-handed. Yes. And he's right. He's handed. right. Handed. You're identical, identical, but you're mirrors. Mirror twin. You, you said you have a mole on one side of your face. He has one on the other side. Correct. Are, are there any other ways this manifests? And itself? that's normally just as far as uh, facial and other things that they can people can notice. Okay. Uh, personality wise, probably a little bit too. But I mean that that may come from something different, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes we seem to be on the opposite side of things. You know, yeah, that's the way fascinating. We do things, yeah. So it's yeah. it's just something. Well, I also want to say, because this is a audio medium, not visual, that um, you are 60 years old. Yes. You look like you're 40 years Thank old. You. you look amazing. <laughs> and I have an explanation. I shared my theory. I think it's because you're standing in front of heat so much. It's like a facial treatment. It's, yeah. moist, it's moisturizing you all day long. You're not, you think you're barbecuing, but you're actually getting a beauty treatment. I thought right? the benefit of ribs was just to build a reputation in the community and them enjoy quite a bit of food but now I'm finding out some personal benefit yeah, as well personal benefit. cosmetic yeah. benefit yeah but also what was so interesting is you said that you can withstand the heat yeah. this whole barbecue business yes. it sounds like you're well adapted for it you it can... almost seems as if it was kind of built into our DNA because yeah. granddad started it in 1942 yes and uh, we just as a family have been in the industry ever since then you know so mm-hmm. cooking and the heat and even sometimes difficult situations in life. We seem to respond okay to, you know. <laughs> I understand. But you said it can get to 130 yeah. in the kitchen? because a lot of times when you start your fire, because yeah. actually you got to start your fire whether it's in January in Cleveland or if mm-hmm. it's in July. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes you start the temperature at about 80 degrees, 90 degrees, and then you're going to add the fire to it because now you heat up and you put the whatever it is, combustibles in there to start your fire and now the temperature goes up really high and up to 130, 140 degrees even in the kitchen. Ouch. Yeah. But, okay, not a problem. I don't sweat. <laughs> okay. I can stand the heat. That, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know what they said, if you can't stand the heat, yeah. get out of that kitchen. Right. You know? <laughs> I've been in the kitchen all my life. <laughs> yes, okay, with great success. Now, okay. this business, as you said, started in 1942. That was 77 years ago, yes. and that was with a store opened by your grandfather who was from... And this is sort of funny, a town yeah. called Mount Pleasant, which is about 100 miles east of Dallas, yeah. Texas. So how did he find his way here? Well, he actually, his father was a, a farmer. Mm-hmm. And his whole intent was that he said, really, 
in his future. He didn't want to be farmer all his life. Mm -hmm. And uh, my great grandfather, he was a productive guy. He had twenty four kids, you know. Mm -hmm. And he uh, he felt that the way to produce a good farm was to get a lot of farm hands right. of his own, you know. What were they farming? Yeah, <laughs> they, he, he just had vegetables, you know. It was, okay. They had crops, you know, whether it be corn or whichever. He had various crops, and they would sell them. And so my father, my grandfather said, I don't plan to be here on the farm for the rest of my life. So at 14 years old, he runs away from home. That's wow. the story. And he jumped on a train, and it took him to Chicago. Okay. And he started working as a hand right there in the restaurant. He got, he, there was a caterer and a restaurant, and he decided he wanted to go in there and start working. And that's when he fell in love with the food industry. Was it a barbecue place? No, it was a, just a, 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 general, yeah, a right. general restaurant, mm -hmm. uh, American Eatery. And he wanted to be a part of what food, satisfying people, making sure that they enjoyed themselves. And one of life's simplest pleasures, a good meal. Absolutely. So he ended up uh, making sure that that took place. And that kind of got in his blood from 14 years old. So that was what, maybe in the 20s? Yes. 20s, okay. Yeah. So then how did he get from Chicago to Cleveland? So then he went from Chicago. He decided that he wanted to expand a little further. He heard a lot about work in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. TRW and different companies were starting to really expand and they were hiring a lot of minorities mm -hmm. to be workforce there. So he came to Cleveland to work for TRW. And he also, in the meantime, because he still had this idea about the food industry, he decided to get to the Shaker Country Club mm -hmm. to be a butler, a waiter there. He wanted mm -hmm. to wait at the Shaker Country Club. So he, again, he could serve people. He met a guy who had kind of presented the idea of, what about opening up a restaurant, a barbecue restaurant? Mm -hmm. And he gave him a few ways that he felt would be nice to cook a rib. And my grandfather, from there, my granddad started off with his own restaurant. And that's when the legacy begun. Wow. Yeah. Don't you think it's kind of funny that he came from a town called Mount Pleasant and the first restaurant was in Mount Pleasant yes. or right next to Cleveland? In fact, his thought was that because he came from the Mount Pleasant area, he might have looked at it as a, a good omen for him. Yeah. He decided that Mount Pleasant, Cleveland would be the best way for him to start off because he came from an area right. named Mount Pleasant as well. So yeah. he went to the Mount Pleasant area. I thought that was funny. Now, you also claim that Whitmore's, his original restaurant, was one is one of the oldest African-American-owned businesses in America. Yes, that's a fact. That's because, a fact. Yes, he's, we've actually that's done incredible. research. Yeah. yeah. And uh, nobody, in, because based on dynamics of country and different things, just the social yeah. uh, climate, it, it was not is acceptable so my mm -hmm. grandfather really to have it in 42 he was really a he, he was a, 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 a he was a mover and shaker I mean he was a guy who he cutting edge he, he that's who he was you know mm -hmm. and it, so it, one it, of the first and oldest then yeah first and to oldest. go hand in hand correct um, okay so your locations right now are on Harvard here in Warrensville Heights yes. and on Kinsman yes. and um, it's two stores on Kinsman okay yes the, the, uh, the original store is still open mm-hmm and it's known as the Mount Pleasant Barbecue because it's in that area, right. 128th in Kinsman. And then uh, right there at 153rd in Kinsman, there's a Whitmore location. And now we have also the one you mentioned at Harvard and Warrensville. Okay, at one time you had six stores that included one at the Q, which is now Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Yes. And you had one at Cedar and Lee. Yes. Where else? Were also, there was one at Cedar and Warrensville. Okay. And we opened one out at 222nd in Euclid. Okay. Yeah, so they were all there and doing well. We just... We decided to downsize because uh, we felt keep it kind of intimate with family members running the stores. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you get into what we consider like a franchise approach on open things up where more people can get involved, you lose some of the uh, the strength and the consistency, some of the areas where we felt we would be lacking. We just felt it made more sense to kind of yeah. tail back a little. 
So I think this suggests that you have been approached uh, for franchise advertising yes. and you have turned them down. Yes. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you know, to this point about expansion and contraction, you know, you've weathered good economic times yes. in this over the years and, and bad ones. So how is it that you never lost your faith and now, believed the, it would be okay? Yes. The one thing, first, we do have a strong relationship with God. Okay. And because of that, you rely on him to assist you whenever there's a need. And obviously, the one thing that we did add to it was the fact that uh, this is a specific food for a specific area produced in a specific way. And if you can make it to the level quality-wise where your consumer wants to continue, he'll find a few bucks to kind of share his, his, his really his success, to be honest, because he wants to have a meal that he thinks is good, and he's going to take his resource, his monies, to come to support you. So if you're in the community, you established a good reputation there, they're going to eat your food, especially when it's something different than what they're used to. It's not a hamburger. It's real food. It's not necessarily just a chicken dinner. It's actually barbecue, and a lot of people like that smoke flavor and those sorts of things. So that whole profile really provided a sustainable thing, that this model we set, make it good, put it in the neighborhood, stay loyal to them, they'll stay loyal to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, you touched on your faith, and I thought uh, maybe we could go there for a second, uh, because you said as part of being a Jehovah Witness, you told me this earlier, um, you do a lot of public speaking. Yes. So that's another way for people to get to know you. Correct. And for those who don't already know you, now can know you. Something else about you. Yes. Um, Okay, one of your taglines is, uh, the secret is in the sauce. Yes. So tell me about the sauce. Okay. I can't tell too much because okay. it is a secret. You'll have to you'll have to kill me if you tell me. And everyone who listens, I suppose. This has been a seventy-seven year maturation process, and yeah. it's funny, Jen, because a lot of times the uh, taste of individuals have changed through the years. Because mm-hmm. at one point there was kind of a savory, using the vinegar and some of the mustard. Those were kind of the the, the the foundation building blocks for a sauce. But as time moved forward, the concept of sweet was integrated. So mm-hmm. in order for us to keep up with the times. What we started with, Granddad started with in 1942, has developed, and we've used the taste of Clevelanders to develop it. So the fact that they like it a little sweeter, leave the savory there. Of course, you have some of the famous spices as garlic, and you you got the cayenne red pepper, and there's the dried mustard, the black pepper. I can't tell enough anymore because I have to go to, I got to go to my grave with these secrets. Right, right. It (laughs) doesn't matter. I'm getting hungry. I'm going to eat it anyway. Yeah. And it's tomato-based because commonly in this area, because you, you, you will find it regionally, mm-hmm. there's various uh, flavors that they kind of accentuate, they, they, they prefer to stay with. But in our area, that tomato-based product, a little sweet to it, a little savory blended in, if you come up with a nice balance of those, mm-hmm. then you can do well, and we have. And you have vats of this stuff. Yeah, we make it up. <laughs> we make it up, and we actually make it. It's homemade. Mm-hmm. We actually make it there at the restaurant, and we make a big 25-gallon vat of it when we actually produce it each time. However, yes. you, you do sell it in 16-ounce and 32-ounce jars for 10 or $20. Correct, at the store. Yes. So if they choose to come in. Uh, we thought, and we have done in the past, we've actually put it on the grocery store shelves. We were there back in the 90s. But then we found out that there's a lot to that, you know, with the marketing and keeping mm-hmm. up with it. Uh, it's a little different than just opening the store in the morning and uh, getting the customers to come in. It's something that you really have to spend a lot of time and resources on. And that yeah. took us a little bit away from what we wanted to do with the restaurant. Okay, but they can buy it. But they can buy it at the locations, right. absolutely. Right, and does that sell well? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, uh, with the various barbecue holidays coming up, whether it be Memorial Day, 
Fourth uh, of July, whichever, we get an influx of individuals who would like to take our sauce to their backyards. Mm -hmm. They'll cook the rib, but they want more sauce on it. Yeah, because it has multiple apples. You can yes. do anything. Can I tell you something? I'm a, I'm a sauce person. Yeah. I would drink that stuff. I mean, I, salad dressing, I, just, I love sauce. So much flavor. Thank you know what I mean? Yeah, it's amazing. We love oh. it. Right. Okay. So let's talk about your family. We've talked about your grandfather, um, your twin brother Vance, and you have a brother Vernon. Yes, my who's in the business brother. too. So you're all third generation. Yes. Is there? Do you think there's? Well, we'll get to that. But why the letter V's? Well, my mother, you know, kind of as a uh, tribute to dad, mm -hmm. she decided to. Uh, he was Virgil. Right. It, he was Virgil. Actually, he was Virgil Jr. I'm the third. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, no problem. Yeah. But uh, when she saw the V, she said, well, I tell you what, let's connect everybody yeah. to honor Dad, and they're all going to be a V. You know, so she I was, love it. <laughs> um, okay, well, Vance decided, your brother, yes. decided to take his talents to Las Vegas, <laughs> and... Um, Previous to that, he he enrolled in the world-renowned Le Cordon Bleu yes. uh, College of Culinary Arts. Yeah. That's in Paris. Well, actually, it was the uh, they had an outlet there or, or school in, oh, Vegas. in Vegas. Oh, in Vegas. Wait, I, I think okay, yeah. I do recall that. Yeah. So, um, what inspired him to attend the school and then open his own restaurant? Well, his thought was that if he could get into be, the credibility that that kind of um, uh, I guess them realizing that he's attained that level of culinary skills is probably more for the sake of those outside of the Whitmore community. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> they gave know him it like, here. Uh, gave him a pedigree or he a calling card. A calling card. Call he already had the skills right. and the knowledge, but he needed Credibility. That. Okay. Yeah, that's what okay. he said. So he said, well, let me go because oftentimes when they ask you if you decide to expand, well, what, what, what's your background? Mm -hmm. They want to know that you've had mm -hmm. experience at the highest levels if mm -hmm. they're going to invest monies or okay. decide to move forward with your project. So how long has he been there? He's been to Vegas since uh, he, he moved out there in May of 2015. Okay. And how's it going? Doing good. Because yeah. he got a lot into the catering. He actually didn't do a, a, a brick and mortar location yet. Okay. But the fact that uh, the catering was very successful there because they have a lot of banquets and festivals right. and various things out there that right. you can get involved in on the corporate side mm -hmm. that have been very successful for. You guys are so smart. You really, you, I love this story. Um, how does he like living out there? He likes Las Vegas. Yeah. In fact, he, he actually has said he, he would like to stay there for the rest of his life, you know. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to get us, he's pulling at one of the two of us to go out there to support him, you know, yeah. if he were to do a brick and mortar, you know. Oh. Yeah. What's your feeling on that? Uh, I'm here in Cleveland, and I love Cleveland. Yeah. Like, I got to take my package with me. So, mm -hmm. in my opinion, I would never be able to do it unless I could take everybody. My daughters, I got three daughters, and mm -hmm. they're married. Two of them are married. You know, the wife trying to relocate. She works for the Cleveland Clinic, too, you know. So it would be a challenge for me yeah. because, uh, but, you know, we'll support him in every way from a right. distance. You right. know, we, we'll support. Yeah, your roots are yeah. deep. Yeah. So do you have anyone in the next generation working? In, in fact, my daughter, Crystal, because mm -hmm. she also, was, she got into baking for the locations. Okay. And she produces that fantastic pudding cake that uh, no doubt many of our consumers have enjoyed for many, many years, you know. So she actually does. She's involved at that level. And then on the um, background level, I could probably incorporate one of my other daughters who's also interested in trying to stay close to the family business, mm -hmm. along with uh, I have a nephew. So we do have some in the fourth generation who would like to be involved as well. It's awesome. Sounds like there's a lot of opportunity. It's time to move on if we can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, this is just a wide open question, but... Are there any secrets to cooking great barbecue? 
Um, you know what? I, I'm going to give at least one or two comments. Okay. Low and slow. The average consumer, uh -huh. when you got the uh, background of cooking, you know that uh, if I go to the backyard and I may have some of the cooking apparatus that they use, they call them barbecue grills, we don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, they put the charcoal in it. Sometimes uh, if you make it well, it's too close, yeah. the meat will suffer from that, you know, because okay. it's going to be a little hotter than it should be. And with the barbecue spare ribs being a little what we consider a longer cook, you can't, uh, it's not like a steak where you can get a hot flame and put it on there four minutes, four minutes, and then you're done. It's not that way with barbecue. So you really want to put that up there where you can have a low fire that's not as um, evasive because the heat can actually, the flame can create a trouble where you will burn up. It might be done and black on the outside, but then it's still raw on the end. So you want to make sure that you cook it at a low temperature. And for the weekend warriors, I always recommend you got to start out by sticking it in that oven for about 45 minutes to 325. Because you want to get a little cook on there mm -hmm. already. You don't want to take all your cooking straight to the grill. For those who are not as efficient, you do have some who've been cooking on the grill and they understand what they're cooking on and done it for years. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. That guy may say, well, I'll take it from start to finish on the grill. But for those who are not as experienced, it mm -hmm. might be best for you to take it. Set it in the oven 45 minutes to an hour, 325, and then let it cook. 325, yeah. okay. Lid down or up? Now, lid down because you don't want a lot of flame. And normally when you leave the lid up, you're going to automatically, because the, the fat start to render onto the fire, it's going to create a flame. Okay. So you want to kind of smother it. You just want the heat, not the flame. Mm. You want the heat, not the flame. Yeah. Okay. You want that 3, 275 to 325. You want that heat, but you don't want that flame. That sounds that. like a mantra. You yeah. want the heat, not, not the, the flame. flame. <laughs> you know what? That's like for life. Right. You want the heat, not the, the flame. Right, right? <laughs> don't burn up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um... Can we talk about cornbread yeah. for a second? Don't you think they go perfectly together, like yeah. barbecue and cornbread? Now, you know what? And, and again, for the individual who, let's say, he doesn't eat as much, they like that little sweet mm -hmm. to go with it. So if you got a cornbread, and some use something as simple as Jiffy Mix, they're not necessarily going to make it from scratch. Mm -hmm. They'll use a Jiffy Mix, which tends to have a sweet. So now you're getting that savory, that salt kind of thing going along with the sweet. And that, mm -hmm. that's a nice combination with the barbecue sauce. So, yes, been very popular, the cornbread muffin or whichever. Yeah. But our customers, believe it or not, Jen, they take the barbecue, the bread, yeah. and they dip it into the barbecue sauce, oh, you yeah, know? Of course. <laughs> Of course. So yeah. they, they say, no, give me the white bread, oftentimes, yeah. Yeah. and I'm going to dip it in the sauce, and that's going to yeah. that's gonna finish the meal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> sauce on anything. Yeah. yeah. Sauce on cereal. You know? What a, um, I got some who have, you know? <laughs> they approached it. I, I've got some who did. They yeah. took it. They said, can, can I have a quarter of the barbecue sauce? And I'll, yeah. I always ask them, what are you going to do with it? You know, you got to. They yeah. said, no, no, I'm going to put it on my cereal. I actually had a person. Really? I had a person <laughs> put it on a sweet potato pie. It's good for business. Yeah, it's good for business. All right. Um, well, which menu item, since we're talking about these things, are, are is really the most popular? Okay. Now, we do well. Our macaroni and cheese is very mm -hmm. popular. And that's the common meal for uh, those who do a barbecue meal. You may get the ribs. Uh, mm -hmm. The coleslaw normally is a companion because, mm -hmm. again, you get that fresh and cool and sweet mm -hmm. along with the barbecue, and it's nice to cut it kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they'll do the uh, – we've also, for sweets – We've done, of course, the pudding cakes, which are at the location. They'll eat the peach cobbler. That always mm -hmm. is a nice little component mm -hmm. to finish off the meal. Uh, they normally... Now, again, with us, because we do the French fried potato, and we use the fresh cut, mm -hmm. 
So we don't do the frozen potato, which gives more flavor. You can put the barbecue sauce on with it, and it actually is a nice combination between the rib and the french fry too. So they pick, you got some standards, mm -hmm. but uh, you do have a nice variety there. We got the baked beans for those who would want it, green beans. Collard greens are real popular. Mm -hmm. You know, all of those things fit well with the barbecue meal. Now you're open from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m., seven days a week? In fact, we start off, believe it or not, we get an 11 a.m. Yeah. And we take it during the week until 11. Okay. 11 to 11 during the summer. Mm -hmm. And we cut back one hour on that during the winter. So it goes from 11 to 10 during the winter. Then on the weekend, it goes to 1 o'clock. 11 a.m. Okay. to 1 a.m. Got it. Okay. Sorry. I think I got that off a website. No, but yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> they got uh, all right. Well, what are some of your plans maybe over the next few years? Well, any changes? Again, if the right opportunity came up for expansion, there would be a, a benefit to us as far as uh, opening up to maybe some more um, dine-in opportunities. And it's just going to be have to, you know, I told you since I'm 60, I'm, I'm, I, we pick and choose very carefully, you know, because mm -hmm. we have our carry-out locations, and they're successful enough where we can make a decent living out of them. We know millionaires, but able to do the things we need to do for our lives and families. So that's kind of, we understand not to take it too far because then it can be invasive on your personal life, and we're not really looking at to, to accomplish that. So the right opportunity with a nice little dine-in where we could expand into something like that. Then that dining service with the alcohol component, we, we that that may be something in the future. But it wouldn't go much further than that because it it'll take us out too far, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, would you agree that barbecue pretty much crosses over a lot of different cultures Absolutely. and ethnicities? By all means. By yeah. all means. In yeah. fact, uh, I guess for at one point it was looked at as maybe a second level meal I suppose I don't know I've always saw it first level you know but for some who did then but now that has completely changed a lot of people have gone into even a regional franchising where they have changed famous days uh, different ones in the past we've known about and that they've actually is featured on some of the national uh, uh, entities such as uh, Longhorn and whatnot or uh, Outback whichever they'll have some sort of rib uh, entree that you can order there and it's popular now. You know? Well, and Michael Simon, I think, Michael is Simon. doing a good yeah, job. He came in. Of raising yeah. the profile. There you go. All of these are things that really help the whole, whole yeah. Um And then, is it catering is an element to what you do? Absolutely. Yeah, in so fact, people uh, should know. We enjoy it more. The catering, mm -hmm. uh, we can really, uh, we can touch the palates of many more <laughs> simultaneously. We enjoy mm -hmm. that. And uh, not the fact, also the fact that uh, they can get the kind of meal that we feel fits some of the things that they're attempting to do, such as when you invite your family in to a meal you want them to really look at it as a family meal mm -hmm. you don't want them to just think this was catered and it's just kind of plastic and all that in your thought process no they're going to make something like mom would make it we, we we're home now and we feel like that's where we kind of fit in because i want you to feel really personal about this meal it's special the special arrangement the whole entire family's enjoying it and we want them to be able to look and talk to other folks about doing the whitmore's can cater your event and it'll be just as good mm -hmm. Are you the cook at home? Is that a silly question? I do. I do a little cooking at home. Now, she, to be honest, she do about 75% of the cooking. Okay. All right. <laughs> but obviously, when we go to the grill on the yeah. summer, yeah, I got to go out there. You know, yeah, I'm the yeah. guy. You know, <laughs> She'll get it all seasoned up the way yeah. she will do our little season profile. And we'll yeah. put it out there, whether it be the salmon on the grill, the steaks on the grill, uh, the sausage on the grill, the, the ribs on the grill, it, whatever it is, we, we do it. Okay, do you have any stories, any, you know, customer stories or disaster stories? Because yeah. I know well, you must have a... It's funny well, because... Uh, you could fill a book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got a lot. One good one is uh, 
I liked the fact that, uh, well, I didn't like the fact that all the lights went out in Cleveland. <laughs> but remember back when uh, the power outage, they had the big power mm-hmm. outage. With the, the blackout. Grid. Yeah, blackout yeah. all the mm-hmm. way up to Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was honored that the one person that they ta- thought about for that moment was Whitmore's Barbecue. <laughs> the, the media? The because media came to you? They came, uh-huh. the customers, because, of course, they could not eat at home. Oh, okay. Because they ovens, whether it be electric oven or gas, yeah. they just didn't have the capacity. Right. So the one person that they thought could fill the bill for yeah. that home meal that day yeah. was me. And, boy, we got flooded. It was <laughs> so you had a generator. Oh, uh, had a generator? Yeah. Also, what do we use to cook with? Fire. So we were fine. Right, right. <laughs> they needed an oven. I didn't. Wow. <laughs> I right. had a grill, you know. Yeah. So we did everything on the grill. Even uh, the gas was still on at our place. The electric went out. So we had a generator able to compensate that. But the gas fryer, because you got actual, you know, gas mm-hmm. is, is made from natural gas. We were able to fry the potatoes. Mm-hmm. We had to, when we got the cash, we had to take a calculator to figure out what the order was, you know, right. with the pricing. But other than that, we had a flood and they stayed and with it was us. cash. Oh, man, all cash. <laughs> right, no. <laughs> we were fine, you know. Yeah. So yeah. just a lot of stories where, yeah. and not to mention the uh, the faithful, uh, loyal customers we've had to move to different locations. Just having them come back and say, boy, uh-huh. you know, the one thing I was hoping for, man, I was glad you guys were open because... I'm leaving tomorrow, and I got to come out and get a Whitmore's meal, you know. Yeah. So just to hear all of that, yeah. and just the, the love, and the yeah. fact that we've established this kind of reputation with so many people for so many years, and no matter where they go, they remember about us. And when they come back to Cleveland, and when the Cavaliers won the championship, mm-hmm. a lot of people came in for the parade. Oh, wow. Well, where'd they come? Yeah. They came to see Whitmore. So you had the yeah. Cavaliers, yeah. <laughs> their success, and the successful meal stayed with the Whitmores, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed ourselves. Wow. A lot well, of good stories. Well, you're a fabric, a true fabric of the community. So uh, I just want to thank you for your time, for doing such a great job. We're so thrilled to have you in Warrensville Heights. Yeah. Good to be here. Okay. Looking to be here all the way. <laughs> okay. okay, thanks so much. Thank you.